Baby, what you telling me? See me, I'm with the gang, Lazima hustle. Wagon beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Just to Kick It is a Blessing. Today is a bit of a freestyle topic. We have a special guest. Um the amazing thing about this guy today is he's much younger than me but he's he's been my mentor majority of this year. He's he's helped me start a couple good habits in my life and helped me build a couple things for a small business that I run but I let him introduce himself officially and he can tell us a bit a bit a bit about himself so yo oh, wow, that was that was touching bro I, I feel I feel nice thank you uh so my name is Imani Moredi I go by Chief M Imani Moredi either one <laughs> uh I I'm 19. I I don't know what to say. I do many things. I'm a jack of all trades. Sadly, a master of none. We can talk about that a bit later. Um and yeah, I'm just happy to be here and you know have a conversation with with Keith. Nigga, who's Keith? But anyways, man, like, okay, first of all, yeah, what are you doing right now with your life, man? Tell us a bit about that. Uh, right now, well, since March, I kind of slowed down on the business aspect of my life and I've been kind of picking up on things like African history and uh spirituality and all kinds of abstract concepts uh psychedelics that kind of stuff learning about how different people think from different walks of life um been really interesting actually that's pretty much what I've been up to uh before we go into now that african history those psychedelic things yeah mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you like like currently right now are you in uni or where are you uh yeah i am i'm in a business school oh yeah where in Barcelona. Oh, and how's that going with COVID and everything? Oh, uh, it's pretty decent honestly. I mean, the school is doing really well to make the online classes interactive and feel less like a lecture and more like a call like you're talking to like kind of like this, you know. So, they're trying yeah. really hard. Um COVID aside, it's a pretty good school, I think. All the professors are in the industry, so they they know what they're talking about they designed the syllabus themselves and everything so it's pretty cool no that's um that's like a really good thing to hear you know because the one thing that like really amazes me about uh, our system of education is you have people like teaching you yet they have no experience or very little experience in that field Mm-hmm. So when you're telling me that you know you've come from a business uh school where you know the professors in the industry you know like I'm sure the content that you're getting is crazy you know Oh yeah definitely 100% so like I have this teacher his name is Jason crazy guy he's French right so he'll tell you an example of something and then and then he'll tell you a whole story about his life and how he he went into this whole industry thing and how he knows a guy who does this thing with rent and and if you need something like this just hit him up you know that's that's value you know you don't have to pass a class you just need to make the teacher like you and you're pretty set for life you know yeah 
makes sense. I also saw um, online, I've been seeing um, an advertisement of something I've been considering to take is MBEs in entrepreneurship taught by actual entrepreneurs. Have you seen that kind of advertisement? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have, I have. Yeah, I don't know what the school is called, but they normally show like these three young entrepreneurs. I think the one for Netflix, Shazam, and there's another company. Um, the idea of entrepreneurship is very, it's very abstract. I think the definition of entrepreneur is like bearer of risk, someone who takes risks. So yeah. I think that having an MBA or like a course that's taught by people who actually know what they're talking about or can give you case studies to work with that they were in. I think that's really valuable. So what are you thinking? Are you going to do it or? I don't know. Like right now, like, you know, right now I'm also just like a bit confused trying to put my life in order. Mm. Um, as you also know, the year is ending. Yeah. Um, a lot of things have happened that none of us expected. Mm-hmm. For example, I expected to graduate this year. I don't know if that's still happening. Mm-hmm. So what I've decided to do is, you know, sit back yeah. um, uh, for like, you know, the next few months before, you know, December. Yeah. And, you know, like plan my life around and think about, you know, the next stage of, you know, of my life. What does that look like to you? Um, I know I definitely need to do a master's. Like, even like where I've been doing my internship, mm-hmm. they keep on telling me that um, it's important that like next day you do a master's. Um, and when you come back, we don't mind taking you back. But we like, you know, when you're young and energetic, it's important that you do as much as you can in school. Mm-hmm before you now come to the outside world. Because once you start working, once all these other things come into your life, it becomes a bit hard to go back to school. Mm. Like, do you, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. You become busy and you yes. go back to school. Yeah, so um, I totally agree with them on that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just um, working on building a couple of some of the projects I do. But what I'd like to hear about is why you've decided to look into Africanism, psychedelics, and all those things, you know. Just tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, sure. So it was actually a bit of like a one-two punch. So, well, I lived in Kenya for like 17 years, yeah. And then I moved to the Middle East and now I'm in Spain, but we can talk about that later. Uh, so it might be just me and my friends, but when you're black in, in Africa, it's like being white in Europe, you know? Like everybody else is black, so it doesn't really matter if you're black. Uh, another thing is that when you look at black people outside Africa, specifically African-Americans, there's an image of them that's portrayed that is very, you know, like trapper, gangster, like uneducated. You don't see lawyers. Or sportsman. sportsman. Yeah, yeah, you're either an athlete, a rapper, or like just a cloud chaser, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's um, that's how they were portrayed to us. 
And the fact that you corrected me and you said an athlete justifies the point. That's how you see black people in America. Uh, but black people don't control the media and that's how they're portrayed. So when I left Africa, you know, living in a very comfortable life in Africa, you know, um, you and I, I could say confidently, but that by international standards, we live very comfortable lives. Yeah. You know, our parents worked hard and whatnot. So when I left Africa, when I left Kenya, and I lived in the Middle East and Europe, when you look back at Africa from a third-person perspective, there's a whole different view that you see. You know, the view of like, oh, it's just slums and problems and corruption and, and genocides and all these problems every single day. And it's, it's messed up. Why is there no, um, how do you say, like portrayal or narrative where black people are just chilling, you know, like why is there always a problem or why is someone always getting shot or why can people just be black in peace or, you know, black and prospering? Why does the story always have to be negative and, and ugly, you know? So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I stumbled upon this and... This guy was, he was talking about how Jesus was black. And I found that really interesting. So I was like, oh, Jesus was black? Wow, let me look into this. This was like sometime last year. Yeah, the one for, like they're saying he's Ethiopian or something like that. No, I, in the Bible, the, the way they describe Jesus is not what he looks like. They say that he has like feet that are like bronze that have been in the, that have been burnt and like his hair was white and like wool, and, you know, black people, their hair is like wool. And, you know, his, if his feet were black and like bronze or whatever, then he was black, you know? So it, it made me curious. And as I started reading the literature and what people were saying on it, some people were saying that it doesn't matter what color he was. And that's true. It doesn't. Um, and it didn't for some time until race became a card that Europeans began to play. Okay? Yeah. So, like, it wouldn't have mattered if race racism wasn't a thing. But now it is, and that's why it matters. So, uh, I don't know if you've heard what the Spanish used to do to African babies. I'll tell you right now if you haven't. No, no, no. Tell us. Well, basically, um, the Spanish would take African babies who were breastfeeding from their mothers and they would bash their heads into rocks, like swing them by the feet and then bash their heads into rocks as a sacrifice. Like some well, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the kids would die. So... They would bash their heads into rocks and kill the babies as a sacrifice, some kind of Christian sacrifice or whatever the fuck they were doing. Whatever they were doing. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here, sorry. No, 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 do you, bro? Like, this is meant for everyone to, like, express, mm. teach, you know. And I'm really learning a lot, you know, because, like, I think before I talked to you today, yeah, one of the things that I also feel like I've been struggling with of late is identity, yeah. you know. So, like, now what you're telling me is, you know, it's, like, something for me to learn and, you know, go out there and be, like, you know, like, who am I, you know? Because I feel like I've reached now that point in my life where 
I need to determine my identity in order to in order to reach the you know in order to do yeah. what I was brought up to do to do anything or everything I can do mm-hmm. best to my you know my capability yeah. I also you know um they say one of the things that most people regret is when they're on their dying bed and saying I could have done this or I could have been this yeah. you know Yeah and I was listening to one of the speakers earlier on and he was saying uh some of the mistakes most of us make is we fail to ask ourselves um these five questions and that's why we we never you know we just remain there like you get mm-hmm. so the first question was who am i mm-hmm. so that talks about your whole identity mm-hmm. The next question is where am I from? Mm-hmm. The ne- then the third question is why am I here? So your purpose, mm-hmm. you know. The fourth question is what can I do? Mm-hmm. So that talks about your potential. Yeah. And the fifth question is where am I going? Yeah. You get so That's interesting. You should share that with me later. No, no, I'll share it with you like a very good speaker speaks for about um an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. but like listening to it has like literally got me to ask you know myself like certain questions mm-hmm. and you know um to be honest these questions are hard because you know no one really likes to answer questions about them mm-hmm. you know and um yesterday i was uh, working on another episode i'm about to talk about yeah and it says the longest journey is the journey inwards mm-hmm. so do you, i don't know if you get what that right. means the journey you know? to find yourself or whatever yeah the journey to find yourself and basically okay i'll talk about more about that but basically from just that one phase mm-hmm. that i saw and decided to you know do research and learn about it was you know for, in order for us to grow you know we have to take a hard look at our lives mm-hmm. and decide what is working mm-hmm. and what's not working yeah you know mm-hmm. but a lot of us just go through life as life you know we take it as as it is you yeah. know you know and that's one of the reasons i believe like so many of us fail in life you know mm-hmm. yeah and it's bit, and like you said you know like life is a, okay i hate to explain it like this but your know, life is a game you know yeah it's 100% a game yeah you get and like every game you need to know the rules in order to succeed mm-hmm. you for example i'll tell you like golf golf has thousands of rules mm-hmm. you know if you went and played golf today without knowing any rules you'd be penalized by the game so much that you know like you wouldn't be able to to beat the game let's say yeah because yeah? in golf you play against the course yeah yeah but there's so many rules that happen that say oh because he did this he deserves a one stroke penalty he did this he deserves a two stroke penalty you know mm-hmm. and when i look at it that's how life is okay yeah yeah so anyways i think 
I've talked a lot, so let me give it back to you. <laughs> no, 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 it was interesting. I, I don't know if I've confused your train of thought. No, no, no. I think I was talking about the Spanish and what they did. Yeah, the babies. Oh, yeah, so they used to swing Spanish babies by the feet and then bash their heads into, like, rocks. It was really messed up stuff. And they did that as a sacrifice to Jesus or, like, God or whatever. And this, to me, is the biggest as far as I'm concerned, the biggest, one of the biggest reasons as to why it would have been important for Jesus to be portrayed as the black man that he is described to be in the Bible. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, Jesus was black and, you know, like yada, yada, yada. But if he was, uh, there's a very powerful psychological phenomenon called association, right? So you have a company, yeah? Tupac. Yeah. yeah, company. What color is your company? Like, what's, what are the company colors? Green and white. Why? Because, uh, first of all, when you were helping me come up with the logo and everything, mm-hmm. you told me people associate um, certain colors with certain um, behaviors or habits or something yeah. like that. For example, like purple is like associated with like royalty yeah. and things. Yeah. You get white in some places is associated with pure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. So imagine. And look, there's another example: the color white being associated with pureness. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And and then black. What's a black associated like with? Like bad things and evil and that stuff. That is, juju. You know, we didn't write that narrative. That's that's just what other people, specifically, you wrote about us and them and the narrative that they that they fabricated. Yeah. So, if if Jesus was black, right, and then you have these Europeans who come from Europe, obviously, and then they come to Africa, and they've been worshiping, you know, like a black Jesus. When they come to Africa and they see black people, the first association I would assume might be, oh, they look like. Jesus, you know, and perhaps the response or how they went about the negotiations uh, would have been kinder or different, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Also, how, how black people view themselves, you know, like they don't have any historical any historical references to say, oh man, we were great, we, we this, we did that. Like, it's only over the past, what, like 15, 20 years that black people have really started to educate themselves on, on their history and where they came from and that kind of stuff. Like today I was reading about how Africans discovered the Americas before Christopher Columbus. And the proof of that was was various, like the calabash and you know what a calabash is. Nah, tell me, bro. You know me. Uh, his history and me are not friends. No, no. Right? A calabash is just it's like a plant, weird thing that even Kikuyus have it. Uh, we have it. We we drink out of it. We use it to store water and all that stuff. So the theory is that West Africans went to the Americas. Uh, and they took calabashes because of um, to carry water, of course. They took calabashes, they took cotton, they took um, 
we took all kinds of things. And when Christopher Columbus got there, he was actually the last person there. I'm not too sure about how factual this is, but it made sense um, to me. Maybe it's because that's the truth that I'm looking for, but you never know. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. You know, like, like, you know, back, I think there was a time, like, my dad and I were talking, yeah? And, like, you know, one of the conversations we had was, you know, as black people, we need to start telling our stories more. You know, like you said, if we let someone else write your story, it can't be as good as if you wrote your story or it can't be as true, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how close you are to mm-hmm. someone, no one can write your story like yeah. you do, you know? And I think that's one of our, like, you know, that's one of the problems we have. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think... You know, I think we need to come out and, you know, speak more. We need to come out and, you know, write Mm -hmm. more, you know, make, you know, like make more movies, you know, tell our stories, you know, through our eyes. That you mentioned that because so in ancient, let's call it ancient because that's what it is to us, like ancient Africa, like pre colonialist africa let's be generous um the way history was told was through stories like oral history okay so we tell stories about how things happened and where we came from and the roots that we took and the plants that we eat and the traditions that we have and why you marry this woman or that the things that we do we used oral oral history okay uh this was very common throughout not just Africa, but like Asia and the and South America and the indigenous people of Australia as well. So it's, it's a very common thing, oral history. Where I think Europeans get to have the upper hand, like you said, is they really wrote down everything. They wrote everything down. You know, even the bad and terrible things that they did, they wrote it down. And that's how we know that they did these things because they wrote it down. So, for example, like Kikuyu's like are you Kikuyu? So like yeah. a Kikuyu, yeah, we don't have a lot of it. We barely have any written history. Uh, yeah. Before you even go further, can yeah. I tell you, yeah? So uh, I've been working on some projects which... Once it's like confirmed, I'll like let you know huh? about it. Like, not okay, I'll tell you, yeah. but you know, I don't want to like you know put it out there mm-hmm. fast. But one of the people I met to discuss the project, yeah, yeah asked me before you go any further, I want to ask you mm-hmm. something, yeah. How many um heroes do you know from your tribe? Mm. And yo, me, first of all, being in a British system school my whole life, my Kenyan history is, you know, it's, it's really yeah. bad, you know. So, if, of course, you know the only two people I said, Jomo Kenyatta. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah I was thinking the same. <laughs> which, <laughs> listen, but which I really didn't know about. It's just, I know Jomo Kenyatta was mm. the president, then Kimato is a freedom fighter, and his statue is there up yeah, the yeah, town, yeah. you know. You know, the but then they're like, 
you know, and the lady told me, you know, and that's the same for thing because she's trying to like she's been focusing on some mm-hmm. project and the thing is she did the same in Lamu, she did the same in like three other places, can't mm-hmm. remember, you know. And she was like other than one and that's maybe the most popular guy because you know guys have put out his story no one else knows mm-hmm. you know but if you look at like other people like there's so much mm-hmm. you know you know ar- around yeah. them you know yeah like think about it like who was the you know like even something like you know and that's the thing that I was even talking about with uh Jamie guys mm. the other day no I was like um you know I was trying to tell him that for me I believe like we should as Africans as well we should come out more and sell ourselves you get we what I'd like to say is like we we as Africans feel like we shouldn't talk too much about mm. ourselves you know we've got in that thing for it's mm. cocky mm-hmm. you know Yeah but then um you remember the entrepreneurship classes I told mm-hmm. you I was attending yeah we had a lot of like foreign speakers especially like african americans mm-hmm. and like now white mm-hmm. people and the thing is what amazed me was you'd find like a teacher who's maybe like a white lady about like maybe 28 mm-hmm. years old and you'd find like maybe a CEO of a company who's about like mm-hmm. 45 yeah one's a kenyan one's a white person yeah the white person would talk so much about themselves you know yeah you get they don't sell themselves short they use every moment they can you know to tell yeah. their story when you look at us now us are the people like the black people it's like we're ashamed You know, yeah, but I think that's that's not our fault. I think that's because dude, let me ask you something here. Yeah? I told you to yeah. tell me about Kenya's history. Where does it start? Like is it like 1960 yeah. 1962? 19... Yeah, yeah. So we can talk pre-independence, post-independence, let's say 1960 1964 like that time where Kenya really, you know, started to be Kenya. And since then how much have we accomplished as a nation to the point where we get to tell our own stories as a nation the answer is not that much you look at a place yeah. like Europe yeah these guys have stories they have so many stories they have so much history like you walk anywhere you walk anywhere you walk into a museum these guys will tell you stories like oh this happened on this street on this day because of this and that and like and that's why people are so proud to be like to be spanish or like french or or you know belgian or like german because they have so much history and there's um there's something i read it said like people are connected by stories so that white guy that was talking about himself you remembered him and you remember that he was talking about himself and i'm sure if i asked you about him he'll tell you can tell me something about him Yeah so yeah. there there's a power in stories and history and like you said we should sell ourselves more but we have to understand what to sell because uh what are you going to talk about as an as a Kenyan let me ask you what are you going to talk about 
no, like in that situation, you know, like not there's not much to talk about. But you see, like I'll give you an example. You know, like that white lady was like, okay, so I finished uni here. From there, I went. I worked in this company. In this company, I did this. This is what I learned. Na 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 na. Then I went. I worked in this company. Then I got an internship to do this and then this. You know, like there was, you know, there was like like you said, you know, like I don't want to go into what she said exactly, but you know, there was, you know, some yeah. flow, you know. Unlike the other guy who comes and says, "Hi, uh, my name is this and this, um, and I'm currently the CEO mm-hmm. of this company." Yeah. You get, like, yeah, you are the CEO of the company, but like, you can tell people what you know the path that yeah. you've taken to there. You know, so like, and like you said, people associate with stories. You know, it it shows that it's it's like yeah, exactly. a journey. You get. It's not like the guy just mm-hmm. landed there. Yeah. You get. Yeah. And like for me one of the things that I feel like really helped uh Obama was his book. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Explain. He, his book made people be able to know his story and therefore associate with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, okay. No. That makes sense. Pa- in that in my sense. opinion, in my opinion I feel like if he didn't mm-hmm. have a book, you know, I don't think he'd have been mm-hmm. that successful. But that's just my opinion. Um I I think that there is you have a point but uh do you, do you know what fundamental attribution error is okay so fundamental no. attribution error is it's this thing where you try not not you but people try to give credit to one thing when it's a much more complicated situation so for example yeah. he would not have been as successful if he did not have a book maybe because he has a wife and a family maybe you know if he if he didn't have michelle and malia and uh, no, i feel bad for forgetting the other one's name but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't no cover i don't think no, even okay, i feel so bad though. yeah but if if it, he if he did not have his his wife and his his two daughters would he have won you see So is it the book yeah. or the family? And you see, or maybe it's a bit of both. Or is it maybe because he's black as well, or like half black? And maybe it's because his dad is is Kenyan and not African American. You know, maybe that maybe that's why the white people in, in America also voted for him because maybe they have something against their own African Americans. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. But I, I totally understand. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. I in my opinion I feel like it it um it played like it played a okay, good part. You know, it, mm-hmm. it it was a good like let's okay. say stepping stone. Okay, makes sense. You get. Yeah, that that's 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 my opinion. Okay. Do you ever want to get into politics? Wow. Uh, okay, you know like basically my intention mm-hmm. right now is in politics. Um, learning about it um, is yeah, but it's something I definitely mm-hmm. want to study because I'm really inspired by the MPI mm-hmm. work for. Let mm-hmm. me just leave it at that. 
Yeah, I'm really inspired by him, the work he's doing for mm-hmm. his constituency. And yeah, so probably it's something that I'll look into, but as of now um no. But as well, you know, you never know mm-hmm. where life takes you. Yeah, but maybe for the next 5 years I don't really like see myself mm-hmm. like, you know. I want I want to learn about okay. it. So when mm-hmm. I'm there like I can you know make an impact. You remember what I told you? Learn the rules of the game before you play yeah. the game. You see and I think that's the problem with um mm-hmm. the politics in Kenya. A lot of these people enter politics without really understanding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the rules of the game. And therefore that's why they fail and that's why we are always having all these things happening mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so for now I'm just learning. I agree. It's good to take time to learn. That's what I'm doing right now as well in terms of business. So Yeah. Yeah. Politics I think is interesting in Africa. It's very it's, it's very, very I think and this is a bit or just you know speculation but i'm of the opinion that politics in africa is like a blank canvas um have you ever read the constitution yeah have i ever read the constitution no first of all no and that's very embarrassing yeah. considering exactly where we so like one yeah um i need to actually even the BBI yeah, people don't read these things about. for example yeah so yeah i don't know how true this is but so our new constitution actually limits the power that uhuru has it's it's limited yeah this what so. the bbi the, the, uh, i'm not sure the, <laughs> the one that they're no, trying no, to no, pass no, no. the one basically. that is in place right now okay yeah, i would so, I might be wrong on this so you have to fact check this but this constitution is has limited Uhuru's power okay so um, yeah I'm not very into politics but I personally don't think that Uhuru is stealing from the government I think he has way too much money to be stealing a couple of million shillings from the government that's just my opinion But I also think that because of the constitution he doesn't have the control that he would need to But let me tell you this 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 I think this is a story for another day between me and him. Yeah, I think so. Yo, let's actually just go back to what you were saying about um Africa, you know. So there's a song by Dave it's called it. Black. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah. You've heard it, yeah? I think that's like it's very deep. It's like, you know, one of the the songs that, you know, like tries to teach us about like, you know, about mm-hmm. like our history, you know. Like there's even a part where it says um or oh, and show you pictures of our farm on their knees. Tell us we used to be barbaric. We had actually we had actual queens. Yeah, that know? was more in the in the what's it called? 
in the Mali Empire and the Kingdom of Ghana and Nubia and um, Kemet. So these are like ancient African kingdoms and civilizations that, you know, came about and fell at different times. So, yeah, we actually had a lot of history. I think it's pretty pretty stupid to to think that Africa doesn't have history. The only, well, there's this theory that the reason that Africa, well, sub-Saharan Africa, so like Kenya uh, and like the lower parts of Africa, basically, the reason we don't have all these kingdoms and stuff is because climate in this area is very, very, well, there's two reasons. I'll tell you them. Climate in Africa is not as predictable as it is in Europe and West Africa. Okay? So we'll have drought and and, and then we have a lot of rain and then we have really weird climate. Okay? When climate isn't predictable, people migrate. Like you don't know when the next time you're going to get rain is, so you move. And so that's how migration started happening. People started moving out of East Africa and like, different parts of Africa, instead of moving around. So they never had time to settle and build, like, a kingdom, okay? That's one. That's one theory. The second is also that Africa is huge. Africa is so big. People don't really understand how big this place is. Like, it is so, 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 so big. I cannot emphasize how big it is. Bro, first of all, that you said that thing for migration. Like, bro, you actually just taught me, like, something crazy. Because even in that, like, Dave's song, he says something like, uh, Black is my Ghanaian brother reading into scriptures, doing research on his lineage, and finding out that he's Egyptian. Black is people naming your countries on what they trade the most, coast of ivory, gold coast, and the grain coast. But most importantly, to show you how deep this pain goes, West Africa, Benin, they called it the oh, slave yeah. coast. I heard that. You know, bro, like, you know, like, even today, um, I was listening, you know, like I told you, I was listening to something like, you know, mm-hmm. just things on identity crisis, you know. And there was some girl, she's called Kylie. I was mm-hmm. actually in kindergarten with her, yeah. And she has these TED Talks in Kent, yeah. yeah, in the University of Kent. And, you know, she basically just says um, about how, like, a lot, like, just the, th- the same thing for yeah. just this migration, you know. And finding out that, like, as much as you say you're Kenyan, there could be some other part of African yeah. within you. That makes a lot of sense. Like, when I was telling yeah. you about the Calabash, okay? So they found, yeah. so in West Africa, they, they have a bunch of Bantu tribes, okay? Bantu tribes, uh, you know, Bantu, Nilot, Kushai tribes. You know about them? Yeah. No, bro, I don't know the history. Um, okay, voice. so Africans can broadly, Sub-Saharan Africans can broadly be split up into three groups. So that's like Bantu people, that's like Ikuyu, Embu, Meru, Akamba, um, parts of Congo. Uh, these guys are usually like brownish, you know, like how we're brown. 
like uh, then you have the Nilotic people, which are like the Luos and Sudanese. Think about the River Nile and the people who come down the River Nile. So there's a whole idea that actually when Africans were fleeing, like black the black Egyptians were fleeing from Egypt. Some of them followed the Nile and became the Sudanese and all that. I don't know how true that is either because I don't. I just I don't know. But you have the people who live along the Nile and they're like usually darker than other people and they're taller. And that's why sometimes some lures look like Sudanese and vice versa, you know? Um, then you have... Yeah. yeah. She actually, that's mm-hmm. what she actually said. Mm-hmm. She gave that um, yeah. lure Sudanese. Then you have the, the Kushites, which are yeah. the Somalis and the Ethiopians, the guys with, you know, like soft, soft hair um, from the kingdom of Kush. Really interesting yeah. stuff. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of diversity in Africa. But I was saying, um, in West Africa, they have, uh, they use calabash. Uh, I don't know what they are, but just Google calabash. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so they use calabashes to store water and like drink porridge or, or stuff like that. They use calabashes in West Africa. And in Kenya, 4,000 miles away from each other. Okay. And the, the tribes that I think use them are Bantu tribes. So I kind of in there, but I don't want to, you know, pull anything out of my ass and just, you know, tell people it's facts. Cause I don't know. It's just, that's another thing about African history. It's so, you have to search so hard just to find an ounce of of evidence for a connection or whatever you're looking for. It's difficult to find. It's not as easy as just Googling who was my grandfather if my surname is Smith, you know? So our lineage is difficult. Like you said in that Dave song, um, you know, finding out he's Egyptian. Um, it's a whole now that's a whole different story on whitewashing and you know what whitewashing is? Yeah, so whitewashing yeah. is basically white people taking black concepts or other concepts, you know, it could be Indian, could be Latino, could be Asian, and making them overwhelmingly white or eliminating the any traces of the exactly. black aspect in it. So I'm sure you, you I'm sure you believe in that thing for or the Sphinx. The, right? That the Sphinx was a black woman. The, yeah, that's where they cut mm, the news. I I don't know if I believe it, but I don't think that it's not true. You know, one of the things you have to really employ when you when you start reading about history, especially as a black person, because there's a lot of bullshit out there as well. Um or like anything yeah. in general, actually. You have to be a really critical thinker. You have to be able to say, I want this to be true, but how true is it, you know? So, otherwise, anyone will just sell you whatever the fuck you want to hear and and you'll buy it and you'll be an idiot for the rest of your life. Anyway, yeah, so whitewashing. So, you know how they say, like, oh, the Egyptians were black and white and all that stuff? Um, It's true that they were black, but it's also true that at some point they were, I don't want to say white. I don't think they were white, but they were almost Arab-ish. 
there's a if you look at the the depictions of pharaohs and all that and the hieroglyphs and the paintings that they do they can clearly distinct between a black person and a white person they painted both so it's evident that it was a multiracial like there were more than just black people in that area and then when yeah you know the romans came uh i think it was the romans they they um the black people who were there they flee to they, they fled to to west africa which is probably how west africa and down the nile so probably how how dave's friend is egyptian wow yo <laughs> yo your history is crazy yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff bro Yeah. Bro, send me some yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, sure, bro. I'm always down to shit. I just don't like talking about it like out loud too much because I sound like like um I just sound too too loud. It's just people they're not ready for this conversation, bro. They're not ready. No, but I think like you said, you know, like a lot of people are not ready for yeah. so many conversations. And you know, that's 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 the mm-hmm. reason why, you know, I even started this podcast was to have some mm-hmm. of the conversations that you know like people mm-hmm. you know aren't ready to have you know yeah so like i really appreciate like you know you coming out and you know mm-hmm. speaking about these things yeah um maybe you can tell us shortly about the psychedelics and then we call it a day but for sure with the kind of knowledge you've told you know you shared with me today and everything like i will definitely have you on more episodes you know it's crazy how it's crazy you know it's it's crazy how you're a few years younger than me but you've imparted so much knowledge you know you've mm-hmm. you've taught me so much and i'm actually waiting to for you to send me more so i can learn a bit more but yeah tell us what is it you uh, learning about so psychedelics are conventionally looked down upon the seen as hard drugs um but i don't think that they're bad okay so when i say that oh i hope your dad is listening to this ah uh, yeah, yeah yeah my dad knows you know about psychedelics and he's very he's very aware of these things so and i'd rather he knows so if something goes wrong i could just tell him you something went wrong Yeah. So yeah. So so I'm under the impression that well I know for a fact that psychedelics have been used by different tribes and different civilizations throughout time. So I know they they used in South America to this day. They've been used for like thousands of years. Uh I know Africans like tr- some tribes in Africa use them uh because uh you know the acacia tree Yeah. So some acacia trees have DMT, which is dimethyltryptamine. That one for the one that gives you that feeling for when you're dead or something when you're about to die. Yeah, yeah, ego death. Yeah. Yeah, so uh it has DMT and there is evidence that the ancient Egyptians yeah were very aware of the pineal gland which is a gland in your brain that is the only part of your brain that 
um, produces DMT. So you have to produce that drug naturally, just in really, really low doses, okay? So ancient Egyptians knew about it. They knew about the third eye and everything, which is where we learned about the third eye, okay? So it is in African culture uh, and, and knowledge of psychedelics. Uh, in terms of mushrooms, they they are used for like a lot of things. So you know how people use weed for anxiety? Yeah. People with PTSD, like army vets, vets and all that stuff, they use shrooms for, for like rewiring their brain. You can actually rewire your brain with, with shrooms. So if, if you do therapy sessions with mushrooms, and let's say you every time you hear fireworks, you start panicking and, you know, you have all these panic attacks because of PTSD. If you do therapy sessions with, with mushrooms, you can actually rewire your brain because what it does to your brain is it actually um, softens or like refills the grooves, which is kind of hard to explain. But think of a groove in your mind or like your brain like a habit, okay? So that habit is every time it happens, it goes deeper and deeper, okay? But yeah. when you take mushrooms, you can refill it and you can start from the top. So that reaction to that thing is no longer there. So you can beat addiction. And it's not they're not addictive, by the way. Psychedelics are not addictive. You beat addiction. People have beat uh, PTSD. People have been able to... people. The next kind of few things are anecdotal, but people say they've been able to regain their hearing. Like people with deaf, they regain their hearing. Uh, it's it's all sorts of interesting stuff. Then you have the people who say, you know, you can travel into other dimensions and that's yeah, I've had that, yeah. Like yeah. I know a couple of people who have like, you know, done the thing and like, you know, like some mm. of the stories are scary, you know. Yeah. But then, like, one of my friends also told me, like, when you take them, you have to be in um, a solid state of mind. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can have a really bad trip, you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, in my, it, like, you know, it's, it's based on your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, that, that's true. Psychedelics is a very broad topic, but it has a, they have more benefits and they do downsides. And I think that there's been a lot of advancements made on psychedelics and things like depression and mental health. And that's why, to me, it's, it's really important now. I think that Africa, Africa should, countries in Africa, let's say some countries in Africa should start to be more lenient with the with the way we treat this this drug or how how you want to say it okay because yeah. be we have this really bad habit of just looking at what the west is doing and be like oh that's what you think about that oh yeah me too you know like copy that shit. like things something like i don't want to like sound like a like an asshole but something like democracy why do we have democracy why yeah it does it like our countries are so young i don't think democracy is helping anyone at this point like if you look at the, yo, 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 that's the craziest thing. Hello? If you look at the countries that are doing well, like Rwanda, for example, 
They they the, the, kind of have a democracy, but that's not really a democracy. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Like yeah, but I guess like even for me, one of the things I look back and like think is democracy at this point does us no justice. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for a young country with a lot of like very like with such low education levels. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see. And this this is also something I was talking about like to one of my friends yesterday is like a lot of the people will vote for BBI just because of who stands behind it. Mm-hmm. You get. Yeah. But see the thing is also if they read it they Tell can't understand it. I don't know about BBI. Tell me about it. Okay, well, we'll have that conversation, man. Anyways, what I'm saying is it's because of who's behind it. You mm-hmm. get. Yeah, on one side you have one party and the other side you have one party, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and no one literally reads into it, you know. And yes. I feel bad for even being such an educated African that mm-hmm. still voted based on certain aspects instead of reading through manifestos and finding out what people are willing to do for us mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because if i read through some of those manifestos i'd be like oh you this guy this is cop this guy okay can do this you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah but we don't and im- and, and, im- and, im- and imagine that's for us people you know mm-hmm. So now imagine the other person who cannot understand what these other people are saying. Yeah, let me tell you something really interesting that it's 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 philosophy now. So let's assume you're 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 a pilot or like an engineer, okay? Yeah. So actually no, let's assume you're a pilot. So you're a pilot and you're you're flying at, you know, 40,000 feet and something goes wrong in the cockpit, okay? So, what you do is you decide to come out into the cabin where the passengers are. You see all the passengers, you look at them and you say, "Guys, I need someone to give me advice on what to do." Now, there are three people in the front seats, like in the front row seats, like right in front of you, who are one is an aeronautical engineer, so an engineer for planes, one is an astrophysicist, and The last one is a pilot himself, okay? The rest of them are like just regular niggas, okay? Who are you going to ask? You're going to ask um the the engineer. Yeah, the engineer, the pilot or the any anyone who is qualified, okay? Yeah. So if you have a country Okay, you have a country that is struggling economically and or you know socially or um agriculturally why, why are you asking people which is the average person which is you me uh some people who are educated some people who are less educated why why are you asking us what to do with the country why do we get to vote based off what someone says and they that politician knows we don't understand what he's saying Yeah. Anyways, bro. Tricky, bro. So, you know. Anyways, yo. Um, I'd like to thank you for your time. Yeah. You know, thank you for being a 
guest on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for shedding some light. Thank you for you know inspiring me. Thank you for being my mentor as well. You know, thank you for having some hard conversations with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, what's your parting shot? What's the last thing you want to tell the crowd as you leave? Ah, uh, find out who you want to be, and understand that you to be that person forever. So you're going to be, you know, a musician. We'll be a musician. That doesn't mean you have to be a musician for the next 30 years. You could do it for a year or two. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to change who you want to be. You're allowed to change who you are. So you can be whatever you want to be whenever you want to be. Wow. Yo, thank you so much for everyone who has tuned in. Have a lovely day or a lovely night or whatever it is. And God bless you all. Goodbye.